The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Welcome to the Small Business Ahead Podcast. This is Elizabeth Larkin. I'm here with Gene Marks, who is a small business owner and small business expert, mm. which you always grumble at that Feeling less title, and less of that but... yeah, all the time, but okay. Gene, <laughs> you know that it's late spring, early summer 2018 right now. Yes. You're aware of that. Yes. Okay. We're actually today going to be talking about 2019. Right. Good. Now, how far ahead do you plan out for your business? Well, I, I, I have to say, it's not just me, but, you know, I, Elizabeth, so I, we have a lot of clients in our company. Um, I speak a lot around the country. I have a lot of people that read the stuff that I write. So I meet a lot of business owners during the course of the year. And I've I, I probably given you this speech before, but like the smartest people I meet um, are always thinking ahead. Like this is your tagline, Gene. Yeah, yeah. You say this all the time. I do. They're always <laughs> thinking ahead. And and we're here now in the middle of the year of 2018. And I am telling you that the, the, the best and most successful leaders that I come across, they're not thinking of 2018 anymore. Okay. They are looking ahead to 2019. Um, it's not like they're ignoring what's going on around them day to day, but trust me, they're thinking of where they're going to spend their money and where they're going to, you know, where, where the troubles are going to be over the next, you know, two years. So, if, if you're not thinking about 2019 now, you need to be. You okay. need to be. There's too many people that rely on you to make the right decisions. So if you are either a new small business owner mm-hmm. or you haven't started a small business yet, but you're thinking of doing it in 2018, or you already have a small business and you just have not found the time to think about 2019 You got to take yet, the time and do that. Today, Gene is going to outline exactly what every small business owner should be thinking about right now in 2018, your mid-year review thinking about for 2019 so you can have a successful year next year. Let's do it. We will be right back with Gene's list after a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. Okay. I think I'm going to be able to guess what one of the things is. Is that because we talked about this beforehand? <laughs> I mean, really, you're duping our listeners here? Well, I'm, I'm guessing that you're going to talk about technology. But yes. let's save that to the end because that's the part that I think is actually fun. And the other three are not as fun, not as fun but, but they're reality. But they're yeah. reality. So listen, um, we, you have to decide where you're going to be spending your money over the next yeah. year. Okay. So this is not a conversation about where the new markets are going to be or where you should be selling to. That's fun to talk about. And that might be a conversation for another podcast. But let's talk about how you're going to spend your money and, yeah. and where, where it's going to be a draw. So what's number one? Well, there are three big things that are going to be impacting your bank balance the next year and you have to prepare for it. Number one is healthcare expenses. Um, whether you're just a startup, but more likely if you're an existing business um, with two employees, 10 employees, 50 employees, 100 employees, um, your healthcare expenses are going to be going up in 2019. Um, I would just, you know, in the Washington Post where I do a lot of writing, uh, some of my colleagues, they were writing about potential 30 to 90 percent premium increases on the um, Affordable Care Act exchanges. This is not a, a political conversation, so we're not going to get into that. But I can tell you now that 
the mood in Washington, the current administration, the current con- you know Congress is they 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 want to continue to do something about healthcare, and they're pushing the issue. So the current administration is taking some steps to um, allow more people to pull themselves out of the healthcare system, which is potentially putting more pressure on insurance companies uh, to find you know buyers. They're also loosening the strings of the type of insurance people can buy. Again, it's another conversation. The bottom line is is that healthcare costs are getting pressure and they're going up. So what do you do as a business owner? You have to plan for 2019. So what do you do? Are you saving money now? So there's three things that I recommend that you do. Actually, four things. Okay. And and just FYI, as always, we're going to put these in the show notes. So don't worry about pulling your car over and writing this down. Fair enough. And by the way, these four things come from... All the this is what business owners are doing now this year. Now we might have a totally different conversation two years from now, but I'm telling you this is what business owners are doing from the thousands that I speak to and work with throughout the year. Number one, most are sticking with high deductible plans. So if you've already got one of those, a bronze plan, a high deductible plan, you're not alone. But make sure you get a health savings account in your business. They are exploding in popularity. They are extremely popular among my client base and a health savings account when it's combined with a high deductible plan allows you and your employees to put money away pre-tax and then they can pull it out and pay uh, for their higher deductibles and out of pockets and certain drugs and stuff like that, prescription drugs. It's a huge benefit to your employees. Big trend. People are getting HSA. So that's number so one. So I max mine out every year. Mm. It's like $3,500 a year yeah. you can put away. Yep. Because right. it's triple tax free. That's right. For your employees. And if you don't max it out, by the way, it carries over to the next year. Yep. And by the way, you know, the employees can put money into it pre-tax. Employers, if they want to offer, can also contribute to their employees' accounts. It's a nice benefit to give. That's a very nice, I guess we'd call that a fringe benefit. It is. Contributing to your employees' HSA. That's correct. That makes you a much more attractive employer. It really does. So HSAs, talk to your benefits person about setting up an HSA. Very inexpensive to set up. Um, So it's something that you definitely want to consider. That's number one. Number two is talk to your benefits person about either hybrid plans or a MERP plan, Managed Expense Reimbursement Plan. What these plans are, they are growing, again, significantly in popularity. And what these plans are is that they combine a little bit of self-insurance and group insurance. So here's how it works, Elizabeth. You say to your employees, listen, for the first $200 in expenses, you give me the receipt and I'll reimburse you. After $200, a group plan then kicks in. Okay. So because you take responsibility for expenses at the lower level, your group rates will be lower. Okay. Most employers are we're kind of lazy. We just get the group plans for everybody. And then we're paying for people that a lot of people don't even use it. I mean, they're healthy employees or whatever. Yeah. This way, just pay for the people that are using it up to a certain amount. And then you start buying the group insurance for everybody else and above so that you're covering any long-term problems or, you know, catastrophic issues. So they're called hybrid or level-funded plans or MERPS plans. And this will be in the show notes. Talk to your benefits person about those plans. Very, very popular. So that's number two. Okay, so... Do all small business owners have a benefits person to go to? Well, when we say about a benefits person, if you're buying your health insurance as a small business, most of my clients work with some type of a benefits consulting firm. 
So right, it's so not like an internal person. It's not an HR person. Um, they used to be the uh, the original part of affordable care. The affordable characters trying to drive small businesses towards more small business healthcare exchanges, like the personal exchanges. They haven't been so popular. So most of my clients, they they, they buy it from like a benefits firm. Okay, that's where they get their insurance from. So. Okay, number three. Okay, number three, healthcare reimbursement accounts. If you don't have one in your company, consider setting one up. You can put money away pre-tax. Your employees could put money away pre-tax. They like that. You take the money out and they can buy insurance wherever they want to buy it. So if they don't want to get it from you, or if your plans aren't that great, or maybe you don't offer health insurance at all, but you want to give some type of an insurance a health benefit, you say to your employees and prospective employees, listen, I'm contributing. We have a healthcare reimbursement account and we contribute X dollars for every employee a year. And then we tell the employees, you've got the option to go out and get what you want. Now, before 2016, you were penalized for doing this. But in December of 2016, Congress passed um, a, res- you know, a law that said no longer will other penalties okay. for allowing employers to get their own. So healthcare reimbursement account is number three. Number four? Number four is pay close attention to two things that were done by the Trump administration just recently. They are now allowing, by the end of this year, something called association healthcare plans. And they are also allowing what's called skinny plans. Association plans, they are basically allowing small business owners to group together based on their industry or their region or other factors, create a buying group, and then buy lower cost insurance from insurance providers. Less benefits. They might not have certain essential health benefits. There's all those pros and cons. I don't want to get into it, but there are pros and cons to it. The same thing with skinny plans. These are very low cost Good plans for if you're healthy, not so good if you're not so healthy. But the Trump or if you become ill, or if while you become you're ill, <laughs> these plans again, they, they have their their pluses and their minuses. But they will be allowed by the Trump administration is going to allow you to do this. And certain states are already allowing this already. They're not going to come after you if you do this. Okay. And so because of this, um, you as an employer, it might be a potential option for you. Okay. okay. Uh, to supplement what you what you already have or to replace what you already have, I'll leave that up to you. But talk to your benefits person about association plans and what's called skinny health okay. plans as well. So healthcare costs, got to focus okay, on Okay, so that's the number one thing to focus on mm. right now in order to be a successful small business owner in 2019, healthcare expenses. Correct. Number two. Workplace issues. The, now that's a big generic term. <laughs> it's a big thing, and I get it because the labor market is tight. The number one problem that we all have is finding people, let alone good people. Um, one edge you can give yourself is if you have um, progressive works, workplace uh, workplace issues. In other words, you revisit your employee handbook. Um, you want to make sure that you've got very good competitive paid time off policies because paid time off is a very valuable benefit nowadays. You want to make sure that your policies for things like discrimination, um, that harassment have been updated and that you are clear about that because people are very interested in those issues nowadays as well. That's a huge well. topic right now. Huge topic. In addition to that, you want to make sure other policies for, say, drug use and drug testing, depending on the state that you're in. Some employers are dropping it. Some of them are relooking at it. it you know, all sorts of issues around that. But you got to be progressive about this stuff because you're, you're searching for good people. They're going to be asking you these kinds of questions. So the big thing, the, the big takeaway with workplace issues is um, update your employee handbook and make sure that your issues, that your, your workplace policies are current with the current times and you're not operating like you were 
30 years ago. Two final things when it comes to workplace issues. Keep an eye out. The Department of Labor is looking at increasing overtime rules this year, which means you may have to be paying more people overtime in 2019. And keep an eye out as well on minimum wages. Uh, They're going up around the country, as we all know. But the administration, uh, the Trump administration supports anywhere between a 10 to $11 an hour national minimum wage, as does the Secretary of Labor, um, Alexander Acosta. So it, it, it could happen in 2019, and you want to prepare yourself for that. And a lot of states already have raised <clears throat> it above and that. And cities, $15 an hour in New York and San Francisco, yeah. Seattle. Um, so I don't think we'll see it $15 an hour nationally. But that impacts all of your employees. If you've got an employee that's making $15 an hour now... And you're paying, and, and the national minimum wage is seven twenty five. Think about that. The guy's saying like, "Oh, I'm making twice the national minimum wage. I'm okay." Now the minimum wage goes up next year to eleven dollars an hour. What's that guy going to say? I'm only making four dollars an hour more than the minimum wage I deserve. Or, you know, an increase as well. It has an upward pressure on wages. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, it's it's yeah, just if they're a good employee and you're able to make money off of them. That's great. My point is, is that there's a conversation about 2019. So I'm telling you things are going to happen next year. OK, no crystal ball here. Healthcare expenses are going to be going up. Workplace issues are going to become more and more important. Minimum wages have a good chance of going up and overtime wages are going to be going up. You got to prepare for that. Okay, so if you don't have an employee handbook, you are in luck. Or if you have an employee handbook and you have not dusted that thing off in a couple of years, we have a guide to exactly how to create an employee handbook. What a fantastic coincidence. And I will link to that. Actually, I don't think Gene knew about I didn't that. know about it. I didn't, I'm just kidding. I really didn't know that there was a guide from the Hartford. That's um, great. It was written by our wonderful writer, Kelly Spores. It's super, super thorough. It's not like the most exciting read in the world, mm. but it's an employee handbook. Oh, it's, it's great. It outlines everything you need to do. So I will link to that in the show notes. And if I could just give a shout out, if you're using a payroll service, the big ones like a paychecks, they offer those services too. Okay. So they're, they're good. Great. Okay, so that was issue number two. Mm. If you want to be a successful small business owner in 2019, what do you need to be focusing on right now? Number one is healthcare expenses. Number two, workplace issues. And number three, taxes. Ooh, exciting. I know. I'm really thrilling you guys, right? Well, listen, taxes is your biggest expense personally and professionally, and you need to be addressing them now. Most of us aren't seeing right now the benefits of tax reform, and maybe some of us won't realize the benefits of tax reform, but my smartest clients right now are huddling with their accountants. It's mid-year 2018. Um, They are looking at their corporate structure. Should they stay a pass-through entity, or should they change into a corporation? Or if they're a corporation, should they change into a pass-through entity? Because the rates are changing. I'm not going to go through the details of all the, the changes by tax reform. We should do that, though. We should have a whole separate session on that, and I think we should do that sooner rather than later. Yep. But I will say this much. There are big changes, and they will affect us both individually and professionally. Okay. And remember, this is just a mathematical exercise. None of my clients, um, whatever people say they don't know or they don't think the tax reform is going to affect them, I, I, I know because I'm a CPA. They just don't know. They haven't run the numbers. They haven't done the math, right? It's only, you know, it's mid-year right now. Get together with your accountant. Have your accountant run the numbers for 2018 and 2019. You can make some estimates under the different tax rate scenarios and figure out if you are in the right corporate structure uh, to fully benefit from tax reform over the next couple of years. Because if you have to change, it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to need some time to do that. And I'm assuming, is expecting that phone call, right? I don't know. I mean, you know, I have some accountants that um, um, they're, they're, they're people in my, in my profession, and I love them, and I'm proud to be a CPA. But okay, some I was of just going to say Gene is an accountant. I am an accountant, and I am a CPA. Some of some people in my, in my profession... 
of frustrate me because they're not as proactive as they should be. Okay. A lot of times their clients don't know they should be asking these questions or doing this analysis. Or sometimes they're a little intimidated by asking their accountant. And if you're a CPA listening, I mean, I'm telling you, reach out to your clients and, and say to them, let's go through this exercise together. I got news for you. Charge them for a few hours of work. Yeah. It, it's extra billable time. I don't know a single business owner or client that wouldn't want to pay a couple hundred bucks to have this analysis done. Even if the conclusion is you're fine where you are right now, at least you know, but you, know. you got to do it. It's such a big issue. Okay. To recap, <clears throat> what you need to do to be a small, a successful small business owner in 2019, number one, healthcare expenses, number two, workplace issues, number three, taxes, and number four, technology. Finally, this is Jean's favorite topic. Finally, that is my favorite topic. And it is, um, there are a lot of technologies to invest in uh, for the year. Remember, whatever you invest in in 2018, particularly now, you're really not going to see the fruits of that investment until a year or two later. So okay. don't think there's like immediate gratification. These things take some time to do. But, you know, I'm going to push, I'm going to, I'm going to, we can have another conversation you can make a note of of just sort of future technologies that will be affecting small businesses in the next two, three, four years, okay? But let's just talk about something more immediate, you know, like stuff that really will impact your business over the next one to two years because we're talking about 2019. So, I, listen, I know, full disclosure, my company sells customer relationship management systems. It's a $23 billion market. It's expected to grow like 16% in 2018. And you captured, what, $20 billion yeah, in that market? I wish. <laughs> but it is a, um, it, everybody's getting CRM systems. It is, it is a very important thing to do. So do some research into CRM technology. I think, it's, I think every business, regardless of size, should have a CRM system. In addition, I'm a big fan of HR technology. Um, if you have more than five employees, you should have an HR platform. There are a bunch of great ones out there. We've talked about them before on prior podcasts. And but they're very budget friendly. Very. Hundreds of dollars a year, like not like a, not like a budget breaker. Um, big payroll firms like ADP and Paychex offer this stuff. Zenefits, you know, uh, you know, uh, Bamboo. There's like a and bunch of great ones out there. help you do your employee handbook. So, so they be... do the handbook, but more importantly, the HR um, platforms I've seen have had a huge impact on productivity of your employees. Everybody just has it on their mobile device and then they manage, they look at their vacation time, they put in sick hours, they look at their schedules, they, they can check their payroll records. I bet you're not even able to do all that here at the Hartford yet. And, you know, all from a mobile app, right? I mean, can you... Not from a mobile app, no. Right. But I'm telling you, that's, a lot of my clients are doing this stuff from a mobile app, that's and they're really like a cool. fraction of the size of, of the Hartford. And that's because you can do that as a small business. And there are these applications out there to help you. And this way, you don't have to wait. People have to update their insurance information or request a vacation or, or put in for a performance review. You have to worry about all the paperwork and nonsense involved in that. They handle it. And then the system reminds everybody. It's great. And there are a lot of, I'm assuming, <clears throat> there's some compliance law around there what is. you need to keep. and So like whatnot. OSHA regulations, for example, yeah. safety issues. A lot of these systems have you can report safety issues, report injuries. Um, again, performance reviews to a good place for both you, you know, the employees and the employer can report evaluations and results of performance reviews just in case there's every parting of ways. Um, these uh, systems also give you the ability to report things like your employee handbook should have a procedure if there is 
sexual harassment in your office. It's like the big issue this year. What is your procedure? This year. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's become a big issue. Is yeah. Yeah, right. And But my point is that you should have a you, employees. Not a, you can't just have a policy saying we're against sexual harassment. You have to define what yeah, it is and yeah, then yeah, say, yeah. here's what to do if you absolutely and so you do that through your HR system. This HR technology, it's not something that's going to make you money. It's going to potentially save you money. Correct. But isn't that the same thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. it's more productivity for your people. So I think right. it's real good. We've got CRM. We've got HR technology. Give us one more. Video technology is huge. I mean, 80 percent of the Internet is video. The millennial generation, which makes up blah, like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they consume videos as their main part of content. And I am seeing my clients, the more videos that they're doing about their company, case studies, interviews with customers, training. You know, I have one I have one client who like every month he does like a little eight minute spiel in the state of the industry type of thing. And then he looks back a couple months, you know, a couple months later and he's like, well, like, you know, 200 people looked at that video or whatever. What I mean, industry is he in? But this one is he's an architect. So okay. he likes to talk about like the building and construction industry. So, you know, they do this stuff. And okay, you're not getting, you know, all right, you're not Rihanna. You know, it's not like you're going to get like millions of video <laughs> views in your video, but you'll get hundreds over the time. And there's two types of people that will be looking at this video, your employees, prospective employees and prospective customers, because they want to know what you're all yeah. about, who they're doing business with and videos tell it all. That's great. Okay. So I'm going to recap. I know I keep recapping, but we need to podcast. We need to keep recapping. Okay. So the topic that Jean just went through today is what should small business owners be focused on right now, mid-year 2018, to have a successful 2019? Number one, healthcare expenses. And within that, his tips are make sure you have an HSA plan. Look at hybrid or level funded plans called managed expense, expense reimbursement, reimbursement plans. plans. There's, there's slight differences between all of those, but they're in the same sort of genre category. Look into healthcare reimbursement accounts, and then finally look into association healthcare plans and or skinny plans. We need to have a conversation about that. So. We will. We will do that in another podcast, yep. but talk to your administrator about that. Right. Number two, workplace issues. You've got to go through your employee handbook and update that. Make sure you have your PTO policies in there, your discrimination policies, how you're going to handle that. Right. And keep an eye on increasing overtime laws and keep an eye on minimum wage laws. For taxes, you want to call your accountant right now and pay him or her a couple hundred dollars to review your corporate structure with you to see if you're going to benefit from the new tax changes. And finally, number four, technology. You want to be investing in CRM. HR technologies and video technology. So Jean's written a lot about CRM technology. We actually did an entire show about CRM. We should maybe do another one just to update everyone. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Go to the show notes, review this list, take a look at what you're doing in your business, talk to your accountant, talk to your administrator. If you have an operations person, talk to them, talk to your um, senior yeah. staff and yeah. figure out what you can do right now to be more successful in 2019. And we'll be right back with Gene's Word of Brilliance. Do you want to start a business but don't know how to leverage your skills and strengths? Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, Opportunity Knocks, How to Find and Pursue a Business Idea That's Right for You, will help you determine the best markets for you to start a business in, how to set up a business based on your personality, and how to put your ideas into action with a solid business plan. Go to smallbizahead.com 
and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. Jean, what's your word of brilliance? Today's word of brilliance, blah, 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 my word of brilliance (laughs) is workplace. Okay, that's actually one word. It is one word, actually. Do you know what workplace is? No, you do not, Elizabeth. (laughs) You're looking at me like, what is he talking? Workplace is an application made by Facebook. Okay. And just recently, Facebook announced some big enhancements to Workplace, which I think will affect most organizations. What Workplace does is it competes against Slack and Microsoft Teams and other collaboration type software. Okay. So a lot of companies, I don't know what you guys do at the Hartford, but... A lot of my clients, if they want to chat or send instant messages or... We have a... We use a Skype program. Okay. That for inter-chatting. Is it literally Skype or is it a Skype type program? It's Skype for business. It's Skype for business. Okay. So Microsoft has taken that one step up and incorporated that in something called Microsoft Teams, which is part of Microsoft Office. And you can have Skype and chats and, you know, emails and messages all like in one collaboration type system. They become enormously popular. Slack is another company. You it's a leader Slack. in that area, right? Slack's great out a lot use of Slack, right? We do not. We use Microsoft Teams, oh, you do? Microsoft oh, Office. So we're a Microsoft partner, so okay. we, we kind of eat the dog food. Slack is great, okay? Uh, and there are other great ones that are out there. The, the, you know, Facebook is seeing that, and they're like, hey, we want to get on this market too, because it's a giant market. So they have an application called Workplace. Okay. Workplace does the same thing that Slack does and that Teams do and all that. You guys, you can send messaging back and forth within each other and video messages and all that. The issue with Workplace is that it didn't integrate with many other applications. Okay. And Slack and Teams and all these others, they integrate with Word and help desk applications and CRMs and all yeah. sorts of things. So just recently, Facebook announced a huge upgrade to to their workplace application. It's going to integrate with hundreds of applications. It's only like three bucks a month a user. So it's priced really, really good. And if you're a Facebook fan and you guys are using Facebook in your company for social media, they're they're betting that if you're already on it a lot, you'll just use it as a collaboration tool as well and you'll pay for it. Will people do that? Will people rely on Facebook as a workplace tool when most of the time we're sort of just kind of envision it as a social yeah, media fun kind of thing. I don't know either, but Especially it's certainly an option that's out there. The recent issues that Facebook has had, I don't funny that you I say that. Because yes, well Facebook has, you know, they they are well aware of all the privacy concerns that people have had and the, the PR they've been getting. So they've been out front saying no, that our clients' data will be as secure as, you know, and whatever. Um, so they're aware of that. Uh, the question is, will they be able to grab a little bit of the market of businesses, particularly small, medium-sized companies that want to use Facebook I as don't a... I no. know. If, if I was working someplace and I let's say I was a new employee and they're like, oh, we use Facebook Workplace mm-hmm. and we need you to log into your Facebook account, your mm-hmm. personal account to use it, mm-hmm. I might feel a little uncomfortable about that. Depends on the person. I mean, the so. only thing I'm posting on my Facebook account are pictures of dogs, mm-hmm. but I still would feel a little weird about that. My take on on all these types of applications is sometimes I feel these companies get a little too big and greedy. Yeah. You know, like Facebook is awesome and they're a great social media service. There is so much more they could be doing to improve themselves on the social media side that um, I don't think they need to be spending time and money getting into the business application marketplace. It's yeah. almost a little bit too... Of a of a grab, um, and so I don't I don't know if many people are going to embrace so, that or not. I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather subscribe to a Slack or an Office or a, or an application that's really focused on business and not sort of a side gig. Out of you know? Slack or I'm sure you were going to say this is an it depends answer. Out of Slack or 
Microsoft, which one would you go with? I guess if you're using Microsoft 365, yeah. then... I, I got to say, okay, first of all, caveat. My firm is a Microsoft partner, so, right? So maybe I am subjective, but I, I think it's a no-brainer to go with Microsoft Office. The business edition of Microsoft Office is $12.50 a month a user, okay. and that includes... Teams, as well as all the other applications that you know, and probably a bunch that you've never heard of as well. Okay. And you're probably underutilizing it. For $12.50 a month, the user, it is, it is a full-blown platform to combine all of your business operations under. Um, and what happens is that people themselves are not using Office the way that they should be. And that should be another conversation that we have well, on a future podcast, is how to get the most out of Microsoft Office. Now, if you're a Google user, you're yelling and screaming right now because you love Google and you're using Google's you know, Hangouts for your messaging uh, and back and forth. And uh, more power to you, and that's great. Same thing if you're a Slack lover or if you like box.net is another great one that's out there. Um, but you asked, and um, yeah. I'm... I, we want I your think, opinion, Gene. I think Office, to me, is the way to go. Okay. And uh, Microsoft is a different company than it was four or five years ago. They are developing, it's no more longer Windows. They're developing applications across all platforms and devices and they're, they're, they're doing a great job. All right. We will be back in a couple days with our next episode where we will be discussing a very exciting topic. And it's about how as a business owner, you give yourself a performance review because no one else is going to review you. True. Oh, I know exactly what my performance review is. Yeah. We'll talk. <laughs> it's a very easy answer. It's a very easy answer. All right. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.